Hello, my name is Samma Russell, and you're listening to episode 56 of The Place of Sound. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. And for those of you who have been following along through the past few episodes of the show, welcome back. For those of you who happen to be listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space or the social geography using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history-style interviews, that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place, and we typically end the episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these particular projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. However, in this episode, we embark on a powerful exploration of migration, a journey through the experiences, challenges, and triumphs of those who have left one place to call another home. Migration is more than just a physical movement. It's a tapestry of human stories woven across borders, cultures, and generations. In this episode, all projects are delving into the personal narratives of individuals who have embraced new beginnings, faced adversity, and built connections in unfamiliar lands. All projects you'll be hearing are created by Carleton Communication students in comms 4501. This episode consists of one audio portrait and two audio documentaries, three projects in total. All right, let's kick things off with the first project, an audio portrait by Megan Daher titled Home Away From Home. In her piece, Megan interviews her father, Rad, who migrated from Syria to Canada many years ago and his experience transitioning between these two countries and now calling Canada home. Megan and Rad, over to you. Three different words when I think of home. That's a tough question. Like how could you... <laughs> I can't answer that question with, with, with three words. It's hard when you, when you live in two cultures it's hard to define which is which. When you live in two cultures, you have two, two, you have two different perspectives. You can't say one is better than the other. Where I feel most comfortable the most is Canada. I call, I call it home. Again, when I was like 18, I'm 66 now, so you do the math. It was a shock in the beginning. Almost everything seems to be different than things that I was used to in Syria from food to, to social activities to weather. It was, it, was, uh, it was totally different. It took a while to adjust. The weather in Syria is absolutely something different than what it is here in Canada. And this is the, the thing that I, I really have a hard time getting used to still after all these years being here over what. And I still find the weather in Canada doesn't matter whether whether it's summer or or you don't see the four seasons. You know, I miss the four seasons that I was used to back where I come from. 
what's in common and, and is is the middle ground. Like I will take the best of what I thought I had in Syria and the best that Canada offers, I mix them together and it makes me feel, you know, as a whole. And uh, I also miss the, the freshness of the fruits in Syria that, that I used to have. But you can tell they're not as fresh and they don't taste as good. And the family life was, was very good. I, I, miss, I miss the whole social events, Christmas, Easter, the stories that we were told by my father and mother when we were young, sit around the fire in the winter and eat chestnuts and laugh and listen to my father's stories. With my friends, my school friends sometimes, they come to my mind. And yeah, that is very well missed, actually. I've been in Canada for such a long time that I, I honestly, at the end of the day, I consider it to be home. Now that I have mixed w with the culture, I feel a lot more comfortable. You get so many things that are available here that I wouldn't dream to be able to have in my place of birth opportunities, equalities, social justice. But the first three words that come, I miss home. But, you know, you get used to the, to the culture here, so you, you, you blend with it. Thanks, Megan. And thanks, Rad, for sharing your great story with us. Now we're going to be listening to Caroline Workman's audio documentary titled Through the Vents. In her project, Caroline talks about moving to the city of Ottawa with her lifelong friend and how her journey's been living on her own for the very first time. Caroline, over to you. Hi, my name is Caroline Workman, and I'm a fourth-year communications and media studies student here at Carleton. This is a nine-minute audio documentary that aims to showcase my settlement in Ottawa through transitional ages, cities, and friendships. I hope you enjoy listening as I did making it. I turn 22 tomorrow which is pretty crazy considering I feel like I just turned 21 and 20 and 19. All these years feel old to me. The lines between them feel blurred. And as I think back on each one, I think back to each place and space I was in. At 19, I had just moved to Ottawa. I was in my first year of university here at Carleton. After high school, I had packed my 50-pound suitcase and moved into residence. But I wasn't alone. I came to Carleton with a lifelong friend, Andrea. We grew up together, since grade one, but separated when we went to different high schools. Together, we shared one tiny dorm room, and now we share a house with three other wonderful girls. I sat down with Andrea to talk about our friendship and how we have truly grown up together over the years. Um, I remember I was really like nervous about moving into res. Nervous about 
um, like moving away from home. But I was also so happy that we were moving in together, right? That we didn't have to be with strangers. I also think it's crazy that we ended up in the same place, especially because we kind of lost touch a little bit in high school. And the fact that we both were going to Carlton is absolutely insane because obviously Carlton's so far away from Calgary. And the fact that we were both going there, mind-blowing. In spring of 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic struck. And like many others, Andrea and I packed up our bags and moved back home to Calgary. While in Calgary for over a year, I shared many new experiences with my friends and family back home. I turned 20 and continued taking all my classes online until Andrea and I decided to move into this small Ottawa house with some girls that we knew from our res floor. For Andrea, moving into this house was new and exciting. And moving into this house was so nice. Like, it honestly feels kind of like a movie. The fact that it's just five of us in here having a good time. There's always, like, something to do in this house because, like, you have all these great roommates. Uh, yeah. As we moved into the house together, it all felt very unknown and took a while for everyone to adjust to the new norms. Between passive-aggressive sticky notes and unsynchronized laundry times, I felt as though I must tiptoe around the space, as if I couldn't take up any of it. I would call my mom and let the phone ring and ring. And if she wasn't home, it would go to voicemail. I found myself isolating in my little rabbit hole basement bedroom, listening to the laughter of my roommates through the vents. With every class online still, I carried through my days shyly and sheepishly leaving the house to go to the gym and come back. Because even though I was sitting alone, sometimes it felt like I could hear everything at once. But I was also so and the rain has had to Honestly, feels but I really have a good time. I'm not always like barely something to do. And I live my life still grocery store I feel like we're all a lot more comfortable with each other. And then nothing at all. In these moments, I didn't know what 22 would look like for me. 
but I knew I needed to get home. This past summer at home was a period of revival. I spent the summer reconnecting with myself and letting the love of my family and friends wash over me. It was a good opportunity to restart and come back to Ottawa refreshed and ready for a new semester, especially so that I could share in new memories with Andrea and my roommates, like our weekly family breakfasts. After a night out, we'll do family breakfast the next morning when we all wake up. And it's really fun because someone will make the pancakes, someone will make like the bacon, someone will be making the coffee. It's just nice. It's all of us hanging out and getting a chance to like debrief from the night before, which is always really fun. And then we'll also do family dinners every once in a while where we'll either all order the same thing and like sit in the living room and watch TV or we'll try to make something, which is usually a lot more complicated, but it's fun. Um, and yeah, it's just a chance for all of us to hang out. I feel like we're all a lot more comfortable with each other. I feel like the first, at least the first few months of the first year we lived in the house, everybody was kind of like finding their place and figuring out like how to coexist with everyone else. And I feel like now we've all found our place. We all know how to live together. So it's a lot more fun. I think there's a lot less squabbles than there were last year. I thought that coming back to this room, just even the sight of it, would have me in tears. But it didn't. When I arrived this September, I felt more content. As Andrea shared just a few minutes ago, this house is a boisterous, loving space filled with memories. But for me, when it was new and far away, it was so scary. Now with time, it feels familiar and safe. I come upstairs and enjoy the company of my small house and life in Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Um, what classes do you guys have to around? And today, as I turned 22, <laughs> it took me a while to think of how I came to Ottawa and the story behind it. And now I think I know that what makes it meaningful to me is the moment I began to feel peace in myself. And I can't wait to see what my 22nd year looks like. Thanks for sharing that lovely audio documentary with us, Caroline. Now we're going to move on to the final project of this episode, which is an audio documentary by Morgan Jones titled Ikigai, which is a Japanese term that refers to a sense of joy or purpose. 
In her piece, Morgan explores the different places she has moved to and lived in that have shaped the person that she is today. Morgan, over to you. Hey everyone, my name is Morgan Jones. I'm a fourth year student at Carleton University in the Communications and Media Studies Honors Program. So for this audio documentary, I explored the journey from my hometown to Ottawa and all the way to present day. And with that, how my identity and values have grown and been shaped along the way. Check it out. Here I am, pouring myself a cup of coffee beside the Christmas tree in the living room of my student home in Ottawa, approaching the end of my undergraduate career, working on writing my applications for graduate studies, just trying to figure out where I'm going in life and what my next step is. But if I'm going to explain to you how I got here and became the person that I am, I suppose it would be best to start at the day that my whole life changed. It was grade 12. Graduation was approaching. I sat and watched everyone around me talking about the schools they always dreamt of going to and the professions they always knew they would end up in. I was faced with the pressure, anxiety, and panic associated with coming face-to-face with the biggest decision of my life so far. The worst nightmare for an indecisive and overly chatty 17-year-old who would tell you that they wanted to be a marine biologist and a cartoonist in the same breath and who was armed with nothing but the desire to escape their small town. I searched through lists of every program offered at each Canadian university and took a mystifying amount of what should I major in quizzes. I was stuck, sitting, wondering, questioning, what's next? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? Who am I? A few dozen Google searches later, I noticed a trend. Each career and life coach type style website said the same thing. To find your next act and your passion, look back to your childhood. I felt this to be a rather useless suggestion given how I was still considered a child myself, but nonetheless, I was in no position to turn down any advice. So, here we go. I grew up in Georgetown, a small city just west of the GTA, a traditional brick house on a cul-de-sac near the golf course. Contrasted against the nearly eerie silence of Cinderbark Terrace stood the inside of my family home. Filled with the sounds of my dad's favorite easy-listening playlist, the gentle conversations that take place in the kitchen as we cook our dinners, and the bursts of deep, hearty laughter that carry through the whole house. To describe this place as anything less than filled with love and warmth would be wildly inaccurate. I grew up with the constant and unconditional support of my parents, even when, looking back at the photos from my half-mullet, half-bowl-cut hair phase, I wish they hadn't. My parents accepted me for exactly who I am without hesitation. They taught me the importance of hard work and passion, always pushing me to be the best person that I can be. I was encouraged to follow my ambitions and, most importantly, to be kind to others. I grew up watching my parents do everything in their power to support those around them. This is what encouraged me to do the same.
At 14 years old, I decided to follow in my parents' footsteps. I started volunteering as a coach with Georgetown's Special Olympics track and field team. Working with that group was, and remains, one of the most valuable experiences of my life. I got to spend every Wednesday night over at the track of my old high school, running laps with the athletes and watching their faces light up as they would sprint past the crowd of parents cheering in the bleachers. Being part of and surrounded by such a positive, uplifting, and encouraging environment taught me the power of inclusivity and advocacy. And so as far as that reflective exercise goes, this was it. This was who I am. And it was thinking back on all of those nights I spent standing on that old track where I truly found my passion in life. To give back and to find purpose through helping others. After countless more hours spent sitting with my parents, reminiscing on my childhood, and my clear desire to help others, it hit me. Communications. I could get a degree that would allow me to harness my outspokenness and put it towards making real change for those around me. And what better way to escape the constraints of a small town than by living it up in the capital city? So there I was, standing in the driveway of my childhood home one September morning three years ago, beside a car full of my hopes and dreams and a few garbage bags full of clothes, headed for Carleton University, feeling nervous to leave the comfort of Georgetown, but filled with anticipation, ready to take on the world. A few days later, I found myself standing outside of the lecture hall in Minto building, anxiously waiting for my first Introduction to Human Rights lecture to begin. I was there 20 minutes ahead of schedule, of course, because my dad always told me that early is on time and on time is late. There were crowds surrounding me, people pushing by, rushing to class, or making their way back home. I was surrounded by chaos. I had never felt the feeling of being so lost and small while watching so much happen around me. The class before me finally filed out. I made my way into the lecture hall and up the stairs. I kept my head down, sat in the chair closest to the back of the room, took a deep breath, and pulled out my laptop. I had no idea what to expect. It wasn't long into that class that I realized first that lecture hall seats are incredibly uncomfortable, and second, that I truly did have no passion greater than for equality and advocacy. As the semester went on and I continued on my academic journey, I realized that this large, outdated, and stale-smelling room was so much more than just a place that I went to frantically take notes as I tried to keep up with the speed at which the PowerPoint moved and the professor spoke, because honestly, that's just impossible. But rather, this one spot on Carleton's campus came to symbolize opportunity and growth. It was within the four walls of this lecture hall that I was given the space to learn, grow, and most of all, to explore this burning desire of mine to help others. Here, I began to see the possibility of translating this from not just an interest, but to a career, a lifelong mission. 
Over the next few years at Carleton, I spent countless hours sitting in my room, working away at my degree. I took communications courses that were tailored towards social justice and equity issues. I finished my seventh season with Special Olympics, got a job as a facilitator for a federal research project supporting students with intellectual disabilities, and I'm even writing my honors thesis paper on digital and social inequalities during the COVID-19 pandemic. Ottawa. Though I do miss living within the comforting walls of my childhood home, is where I feel I belong most. I have learned that there is something much bigger than me here, and I've even come to embrace the feeling of being so small as I stand amongst the bustling crowds on campus or out in the city while I watch everything happen around me. Ottawa is the place where I have gotten to see this desire of mine to support others become a concrete and tangible item. I can see the work that I am doing and the effect or potential that it has to help better the worlds of those around me. It is a place of wonder, imagination, and opportunity. It's shown me that no dream is too big and that I really do have the power to be anything that I want to be. And so now here I am again, sipping on my cup of coffee beside the Christmas tree in the living room of my student home in Ottawa, approaching the end of my undergraduate career working on writing my applications for graduate studies. I still have no idea what my dream profession is, but unlike the feeling of graduating high school, as this chapter comes to a close, there is no feelings of fear or uncertainty, because I know that no matter where I end up, be it back in Georgetown, here in Ottawa, or a new city altogether, I will always have my family behind me, and that no matter what happens, I am going to continue on my mission of growth and devoting my life to giving back to those around me. Thank you, Megan, Caroline, and Morgan for sharing your projects with us. And thank you for tuning into this episode of The Place of Sound. Moving from one place to another is a deeply human experience filled with stories of resilience, adaptation, and the quest that shapes us as people. We hope that this episode offered a glimpse into the diverse and profound journeys that shape our interconnected world. Again, all these projects you heard today were produced by communication media students here at Carleton University. If you're interested in checking out more, have a look at theplaceofsound.ca, where you're not only able to hear more audio media, but in some cases, to see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with it. There's also a featured work section on the site's blog, where you can access some notable individual projects, and in the classes section, you can have a look at some of the work produced in each of the previous semesters. But in the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes of the show, which air on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m. and are available wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening to The Place of Sound. <laughs>